Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Change of pace a little bit. Um, I wanted to bring Anna up here because just I wanted just to talk, I guess, have a chat um, about what's what's been happening in our world, what's been stirring in our spirits, what we what we believe is at least next for the next couple of months in the life of our church. That's really going to help set us up for the future. And it's probably not as grand or as like, oh my gosh, as you would think, as you would like. Um, it's actually far more internal than perhaps you might be comfortable with. And um, if you're anything like me, uh, what we're going to journey through over the next six weeks in particular um, might rub against the grain of your life. It might be uncomfortable. It might be um, tricky for you to process. You might disagree with some of the stuff and that's okay too. Um, But please know that through all of this, our heart 100% beats for you to live your optimal life as you follow Jesus. Not as you walk ahead of Jesus at your own pace, but as we walk with Jesus at Mm, his pace um, for our life. And so that's essentially, uh, I guess, the theme of what we're going to talk about is um, the pace of the race that we live this life at. And so um, why don't you tell us, babe, about um, what's been happening, I guess, in you, not even just recently, in probably the last couple of years, this thought in your mind. I guess this has sort of been a journey we've been on for about three years or so Mm. of, uh, I guess it all starts with trying to find this idea of balance in your life, which we all know never exists. But three years ago, we found ourselves in a season of um, leading a church, for one. We just had Oak. He was like maybe six months old. Um, Justin had begun studying his master's. Um, I was running a business from home, an online business, and constantly felt like I was spinning so many plates, being a mum, being a wife, being a pastor, being a business owner, and just trying frantically to keep all of these plates spinning and feeling like I was actually not doing a very good job of any of them. And, um, and so we, I just said to Justin one day, I said, I cannot go on like this. Like something has to change. And I knew I wasn't going to put my kids up for adoption. <laughs> we had discussed it. We had a few websites that we looked at. And I wasn't going to divorce my husband. They never. were staying. I knew deeply that this was what God had called us to, to lead the church. And so there was no question in my mind that what had to go was the business that I started in what I thought was a really good idea and what I came to realise that not everything that seems like a good idea is a God idea. And, um, and so over, a, a, you know, it takes a long time to sell a business, but I had started this business from scratch and um, was pretty proud that I had built it over two or three years to be able to then sell it. And so that was a huge blessing that, you know, God really blessed us in that way. But, you know, spent the next six months doing everything that you need to do in order to sell a business. And so that... Um, this month is two years since I sold that business. And, and in saying that, I, you know, we don't have it all sorted out. That was one thing that has now gone from our very busy life. But um, that sort of started it all to go, okay, what, what is actually God speaking to us about what we should do and what is our own good idea? And um, I read 
maybe 12 months or so ago, I um, really like Shelley Giglio. You've probably heard of Louis and Shelley Giglio, incredible pastors of a huge church. And um, she said, your intuition is the Holy Spirit. And it was just such a light bulb moment for me because everyone talks about um, go with your gut, go with this. And it's like, of course, that very deep feeling that we have on the inside of us is the Holy Spirit because that's God in us speaking to us. And so I think sometimes... I definitely tend to overthink things and look at things on paper and sometimes we just got to throw all that away and go, it might sound like a good idea, but what is your intuition saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And I think that is the voice that we have come to listen to, not what looks like a good idea on the outside, not what everybody else is doing, so that must be good. Not, do you know what I mean? It's coming back to who are we called by God what has he called us to do? What has he called our family to? Regardless of what is going on all around us and what is being thrown at us and what we're being invited into, what opportunities are presented to us. If we don't get, I call it now the green light. If I don't get the green light in my spirit, it's a no, regardless of how um, extravagant it might sound. Yeah. And I guess that's what sort of led us to the start of this year, looking at what does Jesus want? Yes. Because I think we are so good as people as at asking the question, well, what do I want? What do I want for my career? What do I want for my family? What do I want for this? And those questions are fine to, to answer and to ask, but, but are we asking the ultimate question, uh, what, what does Jesus actually want? And so we, we both have stumbled across this book in the last couple of months called The, um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry um, by a pastor in uh, Oregon in America. And um, it's been super helpful. And he talks about this idea that we just alluded to before about how our life can be so rushed and so hurried that we think we're walking with Jesus, but we're actually walking ahead of him. And we wonder why things, the wheels start to get wobbly. We wonder why things start to happen is because we've tried to manufacture our life in our own strength and are walking ahead of him rather than walking at those, as Eugene Peterson says, those unforced rhythms of grace um, that is the pace that Jesus has for us. And so unpackaging that book and looking at that has been incredibly helpful for us to go, hold on, what does Jesus actually want for my life and for different things and so that's what's led to that whole series of looked at over the month of January and so and and another book as well called uh, Present Over Perfect just throw that in so competitive (laughs) so that's also led to us um, on a very personal level um, at the start of this year we both deleted our social media um, not our accounts because that's just crazy (laughs) who would do that Um, but the apps on our phones because um, we just found that it was selling to us a pace of life that was not compatible with what we felt in our spirit was the pace that Jesus had for us and so on one hand, we're trying to listen to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, ask the question, what does Jesus want? But on the other hand, we're flicking open our phone, and it's like, get the hustle, get this, go for that. And, and, and this pace of life that's just so fast and frenetic and frenetic and frantic, well, uh, frantic and, and all, all the F words. Um, <laughs> and fast is another one. Um, frenzy. And... I love where your minds are at. You're cheeky like I am. Um, and, 
And also, so, so there's that, that, the messages that keep coming through there, which are so pervasive to, to dictate to us the pace at which we ought to live. And we're like, oh, we want to set our own pace. We want to set our own rhythms um, with what God would have for us. And also just the very fact that it just would suck so much of our time and we could feel um, almost like addictive patterns forming where wherever we would be, it would just, oh, we've got a spare 30 seconds and you flick open Instagram to have a check. I'm like, that's weird. And now having me off it, like I find myself going for that little pocket tap just to check. And it's like, hold on, I don't even have that app anymore. So, and we, we got, um, we decided to do it from day one of this year. And we bumped into a friend of ours at the beach the next day. And she goes, oh, I saw you're off social media. I'm like, yeah, yeah. She goes, that'll last two days. I'm like, I said, well, no, we're just indefinitely. She goes, you won't do it. You won't be able to. So that's been such a motivating factor for us. Just, <laughs> Sure, I've put my whole soul thing and pace of life thing on the back burner. Just proving her wrong is now my motivation <laughs> for staying off it. Um, and I, I can only speak for myself, but it, it, I feel so much more freer in, um, in being me, um, in having control over my world, my thoughts, my time. And um, again, this is not a one-size-fits-all. You go ahead and do this. This is just what we felt for us. And so it's been helpful. I don't know what you yeah. felt. And I think that... Like probably as you're sitting here, everyone is having these these thoughts about not necessarily social media, but something in your life that that yep. you need to let fall away. So it'll be different for everyone. But the thing is, it's like, what really matters? What's the most important? Let everything else fall away and just go with and let and then add the things on that that really matter to you. And I think we're not here saying everyone go off social media. Everyone like sell your business. Like that's not what this is about. But it's like it's about what is Jesus saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about how to live your life and outside of the influences of everything else? Yeah. So good. Any other thoughts you got around all that? Yeah, like, cause, and also talking to other people too. Like, we weren't the only ones that were realizing that um, we're running at a, at a pace that is far too fast for us to extract all the goodness that life has for us. And I think to maintain as well, yeah. long so, term. So we're thinking, are we the only ones? Are we isolated in this? But uh, having talked to you know, three or four of our closest friends, going, actually, we feel the same thing too. We feel that the pace of life is, is crazy right now and the expectation externally on us um, is, is to live a, a, a life faster and faster. And... Um, I mean, this week was, was sad for me. I thought, is, um, is you probably all heard the news. I mean, it's everywhere, like the death of Kobe Bryant. And, um, and I don't normally get upset about, like, celebrity deaths because I don't know them. It's sad. Um, but this one was particular, particularly tough for me. I actually felt sad and grieved, uh, even though I've never met the guy. But um, because he played such a significant part in shaping a part of my life that brings me so much joy. And so I guess there's that connection there. But, but to say all that, there's this thing that has come out from him in his legacy that, that keeps coming up time and time again. And you've probably heard it go, what is that? It's, it's this thing called mamba mentality. And, and the thing that he is most known for is this mentality that no matter what the cost, you go get yours. You know, there are no excuses where, when it comes to winners. You just go and get it. And and at a very surface level, I'm like, that is, that is such a powerful message. Yes, don't. And I sort of advocate that to a certain level about, hey, don't play small, go get yours, um, believe in your dreams and run hard to get them. But, 
But in saying that too, unless that's tethered with boundaries, healthy boundaries, we're going to burn ourselves out in, in trying to attain something to give us some level of status that is never going to really fulfill us on the inside. And so while I agree with, hey, mumba mentality, being focused, I think being focused has to have some parameters in order for us to extract the fullness of life that God would have for us um, in, in this life. So I guess it's sort of like, yeah, just pace the race is what I keep coming yeah, back to. Totally. And I think, you know, what all started for me a, a few years ago was I, like, I constantly am evaluating our life. And I guess more so personally as a mum, like, I constantly just pause and go, how are my kids going to remember their childhood? How are they going to remember me as a mum? And so I was at this point where I was like, everything was so frantic and hurried that I was in the hurry snapping at the kids all the time because I wasn't getting done what I had to get done and what expectations I had set for myself. As a result, I'd turned into this cranky mum who was like, hurry up, I've got to get out the door, get your shoes on, I've got to go here, I've got to go there. And my kids are always just like in this like, ah, mum's a freak monster. (laughs) And so I don't want my kids to look back on me and go, yeah, we had a good childhood, but mum, you were like a mess. Like, do you know what I mean? I want to be the the mum that's present. I want to be the mum that's calm. I want to be the mum that they can come to, they're not afraid of. And so, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, but in my mind, I was like, this is not the mother that I want to be. This is not the wife that I want to be. This is not the woman I want to be. And so, but I think in all of that, there are definitely seasons. Um, we love that word, seasons, don't we? Oh, like, we do. um, so Christian. Like even now with Justin studying, man, I am counting down the months until he is done because, you know, the impact that has on the whole family. But in saying that, I'm not going to say you should just need to stop doing your degree because our life is too busy and it's taking up. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's something that has to be done. He's started that. He's going to complete it. We're not saying don't have ambition, don't have goals, Mm. don't work hard. Work hard at the things that really matter. And keep a steady, constant pace with that. That is maintainable. So good. So good. So so, uh, on the back end of all of what Anna said and what we've talked about this morning and, and coming out of uh, what is asking the questions about what does Jesus want, um, we're going to enter into, over the next four or five weeks, a series uh, that will be called How to Unhurry. And, um, and this, the content, I'm, I'm going to be really honest, this comes from um, directly the book that, that we have read, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in that book is this guide to how to unhurry. So I'm going to just extract that. Um, this is not some magic potion that I've come up with in my own mind and intellect. This is something that I'm borrowing because I find it incredibly helpful and believe it's going to be helpful for all of us. Um, so we're going to go into that. It's going to be awesome. So I've just ripped a couple of quotes um, from the book just to sort of, I guess, whet our appetite and and help us think more clearly about the stuff we're talking about. So um, in the book he writes, Michael... Hold on. Zigarelli. What a beautiful name. Michael Zigarelli. It does. Zigarelli. Um, From the Charleston Southern University of School of Business conducted an obstacles to growth survey of over 20,000 Christians across the planet and identified busyness as a major distraction from spiritual life. Listen carefully to his hypothesis on the back end of that study and see if you can relate to this. Here's what he says. It may be the case... The Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, which leads to 
God becoming more marginalized in Christians' life, lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, and then the cycle begins all over again. Can you relate to that? And this is a study of 20,000 Christians, not just in America where it's high-paced Western culture, but across the globe. And that was his findings. Um, He has this quote from uh, Catholic author Ronald Rollheiser. He gets the great ones, doesn't he? Um, He writes, Today a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but simply to have an interior depth whatsoever. We, for every kind of reason, good and bad, are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. It is not that we have anything against God, depth and spirit. We would like these things. It's just that we have... It's just that we are habitually too preoccupied to have any of these things show up on our radar screens. We are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual, and more interested in the movie theater, the sports stadium, and the shopping mall, and the fantasy life that they produce in us than we are in the church. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. I'm, I'm just having, I'm having some self-therapy as I read this. That's why I'm sharing because it's so true. Um, two more. Uh, John Ortberg is quoted as saying, For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim over our lives instead of actually living them. Right? Yeah. Um, it is said by the age of 21, the average male would have spent 10,000 hours playing video games. He goes on to write, Do you ever catch yourself with the sneaking suspicion that you'll wake up on your deathbed? Um, how do you wake up on your deathbed? Anyway, um, that I'll, just, I'll just change it. That you'll be on your deathbed with this nagging sense that somehow in all the hurry and busyness and frenetic activity, you missed the most important things. Somehow you started a business but ended your marriage. You got your kids to their dream colleges but never taught them the way of Jesus. You got letters after your name but learned the hard way that intelligence is not the same as wisdom. You made a lot of money but never grew rich in the things that matter most, which ironically aren't things at all. You watched all 14 seasons of blank but never learned to love prayer. This is the terrifying aspect of the conversation for me. Most of us waste copious amounts of time, myself included. For all the talk about hurry and overload, most of it is self-inflicted. My mind jumps to the research that indicates that in 10,000 hours you could master any craft or become an expert in any field. From Sumerian archaeology to Olympic water polo, you could get your bachelor's degree and your master's degree. You could memorize the entire New Testament or you could beat level four on Call of Duty. So this, this has wet my appetite and rang alarm bells inside of us that has been going on for a while to go, hold on, we've got we to wake up on the inside, not just skim over our life, not just let life pass us by in the busyness of the hustle, but go, what do we truly value most? Um, Jesus himself said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? but forfeits his soul. And my fear through my observation, through my reading and research is that we don't necessarily lose our soul just because of sin. We lose our soul because of distraction. Mm. 
and because of the pace of life that we have allowed ourselves to live at. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to unpackage these four areas that this book talks about how to unhurry our life. Um, Silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. They're the four S's of of getting our life in such a way where we can um, manage life on our terms and God's terms, not on external factors terms. And so um, we're also pretty blessed with, um, thanks to the heads up of Brent. Welcome back, Brent and Ollie, by the way. It's good to have you back. Almost forgotten your names. Um, I'm kidding. Um, But uh, we have in in three weeks' time... um, Garth Ball, who pioneered C3 Nairobi, left Australia with his wife, went and planted C3 Nairobi and um, has done an incredible job over the past five or six years. I'm not sure how long it's been. He's been there, but um, he's going to be here with us and share his story about what he's learned about church planning in an African culture, country coming from Australia, and, and what all of the stuff we've just talked about this morning has, how that's impacted him. And so he's going to unpack that story as well as part of this series for us. So um, it's going to be very exciting. Um, like I said at the start, it's going to challenge us. It's going to rub against the grain of how we live and order our lives. And I don't expect all of us to agree on all this stuff, but I think the underlying current is our heart for us is to live uh, a life at the pace that Jesus sets for us. Because ultimately that's the pace he wants for us. And so, speaking of that, I want us to have communion real quick. Um, how is that? Quick. Um, but I, just, I was thinking about... Um, sorry, Lord. You got a Skip over of, the sacraments. You've you got a big work, bit of work to do over the next yeah. four weeks. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to, I guess, put an exclamation point on what we've talked about this morning as we, as we start. This is like the introduction, the warm-up to this How to End Hurry um, series we're going to be going into. And um, I just think communion, the sacrament of communion, is such a... A beautiful reminder of this that even though we just joked 30 seconds ago, um, you can't rush, thanks Maddie, communion because the, what we're instructed to do is to remember Jesus and, and remembering Jesus is not just a flashcard, you go, oh, yep, there he is, I see him I can identify Jesus, it's a, it's a stopping, it's a pausing it's a reflecting it's a remembering and that should jolt us out of our current pace of life, slow our spirits down so we can actually absorb the truth of what Jesus did for us. And as a result of that, the life that we now have because of that with him. And so I, I want us just to take the bread and, and take the juice. And if you're not comfortable with this, please, you do not have to participate in all this. This is, this is what, we, what we do. Um, as we take the bread and, and take the juice, which is a, a why am I going to mind blank? Just the, the resemblance of his sacrifice for us. Um, let's not fly over. Jesus died on the cross. Amen. Jesus lived a life to set an example, to set a pace, to set a rhythm, to essentially bring heaven to earth. In my personal devotional life, I'm, st- I'm just studying through Hebrews for me, not for 
pastoral stuff, not for study, just for me as a person, studying through Hebrews. And, and Hebrews 1 just talks about in, in past days, God spoke to his people through the prophets in many ways and many many places and times and spaces. That's how God spoke to people. But in these current days, Jesus, uh, God speaks to us through his son. And that's been one of the major themes throughout last year is that if we can't hear God's voice, maybe we're not focusing in closely enough on Jesus because God speaks to us through his son because his son made a way for heaven to come to earth and for God's people to know him. And the only way to the father is through the son. And so we remember Jesus with these sacraments, with these emblems, these symbols of his sacrifice about a life lived a life surrendered, and a life resurrected so that we can now live a life similarly, a life that is surrendered, laid down. I take up my cross daily. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And then we are also then resurrected to a new life with him, adopted in God's family, following after him. And there is a richness, there is a beauty in that 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 deserves us to slow and reflect and remember and be thankful for. So with the crazy sound of kids screaming in the background, which I love, by the way, because it tells me that the church is alive, let us just think, close our eyes, reflect and remember. In your own time, just partake the bread, the juice. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice, your obedience, your willingness to demonstrate the lengths you would go to to show us how much you care for us and love us. And we want to make a decision to prioritize our life according to what you want for us, not just what we want for ourselves, including the pace at which we live this life, including the things we invest in, the things that we are involved in. Lord, we ultimately want to live this life in such a way that it is for the good of other people, for your glory and for our joy. So I pray that you would help us to to get the pace of our life right for those things to happen. That we'd be present in the moments around us, present to care, to love, to, to build people. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you yourself said that your, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And that in our service to you, in our service to build the church and other people, that we know that your plan is not to burn us out, to not to overwork us and overstretch us and overcommit us, but it's to, to breathe more life into us and to invigorate us. So I pray that we would just remember that and that we would choose to live this life at your pace, in your rhythms, and ultimately for your glory, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for every single person here this morning, from the youngest to the oldest. I pray that you would just continue to do a mighty work in all of us this morning and for the week ahead as well, that we would not leave what has happened here today in this place, but we would take the change with us. We would take the impartation with us. We would take the challenge with us into tomorrow. 
And Lord, we just thank you and pray for this, this series that comes ahead, uh, this How to Unhurry series, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would just stir something inside of us to desire change. And Lord, even though we're looking at simplifying our life, which sounds easy, we know that it's actually quite costly. So I pray that you would just solidify and strengthen us with a resolve to, to be able to make the calls that we need to make to live the life that you have for us to live. Bless us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, babe. You can dismiss the masses if you wish. You are dismissed. Hey! <laughs> She's so good dismissed. at that. She's so good. Have a coffee. Have a chat. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.